Welcome to Search Talk Live with search engine optimization and marketing experts, Robert O'Haver and Matt Weber. Powered by the Robert Palmer family of companies. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Search Talk Live. I am your solo host today, Robert O'Haver. Uh, been in the industry for over a decade. I don't want to say how many years because it makes me feel old, but um, we are on Twitter. If you guys have questions during the show for our guest, uh, you could type hashtag search talk live um, with your questions and I'll answer them live on the show. Uh, also, I want to thank, I want to take time. I, I know I do this a lot, but I want to take time and thank our listeners. We have a ton of listeners and they absolutely are diehards. Uh, we've had some shows are better than others. I think today's going to be a really good one because we're touching on something that we, we talk a lot of SEO, but we don't talk a lot of testing. And I think that's uh, a subject that's kind of been missed in the past. And uh, I think it'd be a really good topic to talk about. So our guest today is Kyle Roof. He is the lead SEO at High Voltage SEO. Kyle, how are you? Kyle? Uh, Kyle? <laughs> I think we lost Kyle. Uh, we did lose Kyle. Hold on, guys. Good old technical difficulties. You guys All right. Yeah, I lost you during the live show. So we're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, right I was like, that was perfect timing. Perfect. I, yeah, we are timing. live right now, and uh, we, um, I just introduced you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure thing. Uh, so my name is Kyle Roof. Uh, I have an, I co-founded an agency called High Voltage SEO. We have offices in Phoenix, Berlin, and Melbourne. Uh, we have about 16 employees, and we have over 60 clients. I do local to national to international to e-com to kind of everything in between in SEO. I'm the lead tester for SIA, which is a testing group. In the last three years, I've overseen uh, or conducted uh, over 300 published uh, tests on Google's algorithm. Um, fairly certain that no one else on the planet has done that. <laughs> I am the uh, math and co-founder of Page Optimizer Pro, which is a on-page optimization tool. And uh, basically, that's all to say I do SEO all day, every day. Oh, briefly, why don't you tell us a little bit about that optimization tool? Sure. Uh, Page Optimizer Pro, it's um, the concept, uh, which kind of goes along with my kind of philosophy with SEOs, that the secret is hiding in plain sight. Google is showing you the sites that it likes, uh, and this is an on-page evaluation tool. So you put in your page that you're trying to optimize. You put in your competitors that are getting points for their on-page, and then what the tool does, it evaluates what they do uh, and gives recommendations for your content to make it something that Google will like more. Oh, very cool. All right. So I want to dive into it. Um, like I said, we do a lot of talking about SEO, but we don't talk a lot about testing. And I think that uh, that is a kind of something we've missed along the way a little bit. But I, I want to talk about how to do more of a, a proper testing and, and how you can measure the, the measurables for that. Obviously, ranking is one, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. Um you know, a lot of people, I get this question a lot, like, how can you test Google's algorithm? How can you test something like Google? And um, my background, my bachelor's is in psychology, and uh, I specifically was doing experimental psychology. And the one thing that 
we talk about in psychology is how do you measure feelings? How do you measure emotion? Uh, those things seem very difficult to measure, but then as you get into the process, you realize that it's a way of thinking, that everything is, is testable, everything is measurable if you think about it in the right way. Now, Google, uh, which is one of the most powerful things of all time, uh, most, one of the most powerful inventions uh, that's ever been, what's great about Google is that it's math. And that makes it infinitely easier to run a test on than anything in psychology. Uh, and again, though, even because of its strength and its power, it just all it requires is thinking about things in the right way. If you think about it the right way, you can you can measure it, you can quantify something, and if you can quantify something, then you can qualify it. So that's really the the biggest step to anything in, in setting up an, an SEO test is, is being able to conceptualize what you're actually testing and how you can go about doing that. And once you can do that, I think that gets people through most of the barriers of, of running an SEO test. When it gets down to the the basics of it, what we what I really try to do is, is, is control as many variables as possible. Uh, we call it single variable testing when you can get down to one thing. The idea is that if you can get down to the one thing that you're playing with, then you can see whether that is or is not a ranking factor, uh, if it positively impacts a page or not. To do that, you'll often want to, to get a hold of a, a word that doesn't exist in Google's algorithm. Uh, you can do that by stringing random letters together and you'll find where the sidewalk ends and you'll see that there are no results for a particular page. If you then optimize pages for that word, uh, you're the only one in the environment. You can then create pages within that that are uh, identical to each other and then on one page change one thing. And then you can you can measure and, and see movement or non-movement or negative movement um, uh, from there. It, it's really the, the nuts and bolts of the, of the whole setup. You don't see that Google naturally pushing one of those pages down because of the content being so close? No, if there is a duplicate content penalty, then, then it, it, it's across all the pages that are in the environment. So what I'll do typically do is let's say we'll, we'll build five or ten pages, let them settle, and then we'll choose, say, the middle page uh, uh, to alter something on, alter one thing, and then we'll see if that page moves up or down. I got you. And you, do you canonical any of those or...? Not unless that's the test. I mean, the, if okay. they, they were trying to do. Okay. Like again, you try to keep it as bare bones as possible because you want to. You don't want something else to be influencing what you're doing. Okay. And how do you measure those those results? So obviously, you're going to analytics and using tools. Probably your your own tool you have. <laughs> uh, but if you could go into that a little bit. Well, it, what's really great is it's the, one of the most simple measurements of all time. If we have a, a five-page test. And we want to see, is the H1 a ranking factor, which is a very simple test to run. And so we put an H1 on that page that contains the target keyword, and then we see it move up. And then we know that's a positive factor. But you can't just run things one time. That's where I think a lot of people might get in trouble. Once you start running tests, oh, hey, it moved up. That's a, that's a ranking factor. You can't do it one time. You have to replicate it multiple times. Sure. Um, we like, for statistical significance, you're looking at uh, 5% uh, probability. Um, if you do something four times in a row, the, the, the times of it happening exactly the same way four times in a row is about 6%. So then that's one kind of measure of, of um, uh, that we feel good about this result. But then the other thing that we'll, we'll do is that we'll run tests in the inverse. Mm -hmm. So we'll run it the other way. So let's say we think that the H1 is a positive ranking factor and we put it on our number three spot and we've seen it move up uh, an appropriate amount of times. We'll then run it in the inverse We'll put an H1 on one, two, four, and five, and leave the number three blank. And the idea is that it should drop because it is missing that positive factor. 
And the ones we run in the inverse and we see the correct result, then we feel pretty good about what we're doing in terms of saying that this is or is not a ranking factor. Right. Now, there's, there are other factors. I mean, obviously, there's links to the site or to the page in itself. Um, are you taking into the, those into account, too? Or are these are fresh? Is this a fresh website that you're running these tests on? Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, absolutely. Most of the time, they're very fresh. Sometimes they're not, though. But the, the idea is that uh, we're building all within the same usually within the same um, domain. If we have to do tests with mul across multiple domains, then we'll grab fresh domains for that. Um, but often it's just within that same domain. So if something has happened to that domain and we build five pages on it, that thing is now happening to those five pages. So it's it, it's something that's spread across everything that we're doing as, as a way to eliminate a possible variable. Got you. And, and then for the listeners, how long do you run the test for? It depends a bit on the test. If you're doing something that's on page and it's a stronger signal, you can see results within minutes. You, know, you can see a page move uh, within 20 minutes. Uh, when you're dealing with links, though, links are, are, are difficult to, to do. And even in small test environments, they can take weeks to impact. Right. So that could, that could be a four to six week more kind of test, even though you're dealing with just a small number of pages in a, in a very controlled SERP. Uh, it can still take a long time for those things to happen. Yeah. I mean, the reason I ask also is because you're going to get, sometimes you're going to get a false signal where Google will throw that page up to the top just to see how it does. And then, you know, maybe a day or two later, it might throw it back down to. That's that's exactly right. So, like, in those situations, we'll we'll watch it for a couple of weeks to see how it moves. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm asking. Okay. And then you, then you get to a point where they kind of, they stop doing that. Yeah. You know, they, they. It, it hits a spot and it stays. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm asking the questions because I'm sure listeners out there want to know. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, also, now, are you, is there a specific, um, obviously your content has to be spot on as well, right? What What do you mean for the content? For, for a, a, a in, within a test? Yeah, when, within a test. So, like, are you doing long form content? Are you doing two paragraphs? I mean... Give us an so I'll typically put somewhere between 500 and 750 words on a page just to, as a standard setup. Um, but I'm going to be using lorem ipsum more often than not. Uh, I don't want to take the chance that there uh, is something on the page that could be influencing uh, this particular test. So in, in an effort to, to minimize that, I'll, I'll use lorem ipsum more often than not. There are different techniques you can use. You could use English ipsum. You can use um, alphanumeric type words. All of those have their pros and cons uh, when setting up a test. But the idea is and the, the goal for all of those is to um, limit any accidental variables that could be uh, impacting something. So you're, From there. So oh, I, go ahead. Just so I'm clear, you're, you're doing just a title with Laura Ipsum? Uh, like all the content on the page. So let's say we've got 500 words on the page, 750 words or whatever we might be doing right. for that particular test. We'll do it through a, a, a random Laura Ipsum generator. Wow, and you you actually get results from that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, are you familiar with my rhinoplasty plano competition? No. So I ranked a page in a competition for the term rhinoplasty plano, number one in Google and number one in Maps with a site built in lorem ipsum. So when anybody ever wants to tell me that there's a problem with a lorem ipsum page that you're not getting valid results, I just kind of point to that one. And that's not the first time I've done that either. Um, doing these tests, I realize you can actually start to rank pages that are lorem ipsum pages if your on page is done correctly. 
So you're putting your your target keyword, your variations, your LSI in in the correct spots the right amount of times, but the rest of the page can be warm up some. That blows my mind. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I've never heard of that. That's 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 crazy. So what it, let's let's talk about the main things that you focus in on during your tests. Obviously, you're, you've already covered titles. Uh, what else? Well, well, we'll we'll cover anything. More often than not, it comes from reading something that is established as fact. You know, you'll read a particular blog or a journal or or some outlet, or you'll you'll see something on Twitter, and somebody will tell you that something is is fact. You know, this is a ranking factor. This isn't a ranking factor. Google cares about this or Google doesn't care about that. And then that, that just turns into a test. What I realized is that there's no reason to have any SEO flame wars where people are back and forth on Twitter or on Facebook or some group. And they're going back and forth saying, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You know, you know, and you hear the typical things. Uh, there isn't a Google patent. Google never said they do that. Or Google said they do this or that. Or uh, my uncle's brother's friend did this once. You know, that kind of an argument. Yeah. And never, never once do you ever hear somebody say, well, I tested it and here's the test. And I, I realized several years ago I wanted to stop that narrative because we can. We can get in and measure something and we can test something. And not just a case study that goes across and, and looks at things, but an actual uh, scientific endeavor where we're trying to get things down into something that we can really look at and really verify uh, and feel very confident about what we are doing. And, and that's the process that I started years ago and, and continue to do today. So, you know, whenever I see something like this is what it is, then that's a test, you know, and I can get in, I can test that. And um, I think on your on your guest list on this uh, podcast, which is fantastic, by the way, um, I think I've gone through several of those people's and, and claims that they've made and, and tested what they talk about. Yeah. And it now let's let's break this down a little bit. I mean, you, I still can't wrap my mind around that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So, tell me, give me some more details, like so I can understand this. You're you're, what are you? You're ranking a page that has Laura Epsom on it, and then it, mm -hmm. and it, what are your, what are you doing to do that? Well, the biggest thing that I've learned in all of this is that, and as I mentioned before, Google's algorithm. Google is an algorithm. It's math. Google can't read. Google can't read like a human being wants to read. Google has to read as an algorithm can read. And so if you satisfy what the algorithm is looking for, you're going to get better ranking. And the algorithm is looking at specific signals, specific factors, places on a page where you can put a keyword. So then the idea is how many times you can put a keyword on a page and correctly gives the algorithm what it wants. Then there are variations of that keyword. And then there are contextual terms. Those are all different uh, strengths of a ranking factor, but they're all a ranking factor. So you want to get your variations in the signals the right number of times. You want to get your LSI or contextual terms or however you like to call it uh, on the page uh, a correct amount of times. And then the rest of it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Okay. That's then when you put the page up, you can get a page to index that is Laura Mipsum. It's, it's nonsense, but it, it is the most... Um, contextually relevant uh, uh, page that Google is ever going to see because you've you've done the math. You know, if you've done the math correctly, you've given it a page that it really wants to rank. So, what would be if you can share this? What would be the search term to rank the Laura Epson? Was it Laura Epson? Or? 
Well, in the um, in the competition, the term was rhinoplasty plano. So rhinoplasty is a nose job, and plano is just outside of Texas. Um, I I ended up taking well, I was ratted out by Search Engine Journal, and six six hours later, Google de-indexed the page or the wow. site. Yeah. And then a few hours later after that, they um, punitively went after me and de-indexed about 20 of my test sites that weren't connected to the, to the, to the competition site at all. Huh. Okay. Which, was, which I thought was really hilarious because if I was talking nonsense and I was doing nonsense, I think they would have rolled their eyes and moved on. <laughs> but uh, instead they decided to go after me. Wow. It, was a fun, it was a fun few days. Now – do you think it was that or maybe it was just the algorithm finally indexing that page more than once or I don't know. I'm just. No, no, because I, I still have multiple other test pages that are up and, oh, and okay. I've rebuilt, I've rebuilt all my test pages. Okay. All my test sites. Gotcha. So in the, in real world situations, let's, let's talk about ranking a site there. I mean, uh, let's talk uh, from a lo- local aspect, local search. Sure. Like how to? Um, no, I don't. I, mean, want, I don't want to go the A to Z book, but I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know that my agency book is like other agencies. Yeah. Um, well, what is? What is? What is? What have you found to be the most important aspects in 2019? See, that's that's a, a key point, and 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 what we do is that um, what is needed varies keyword to keyword, niche to niche. And within that particular keyword, Google is showing you the sites that it likes. So when you put in, you know, whatever local term you like, Plumber Dallas, um, and you do that search, you can see the sites that Google likes. And it likes that site for only a handful of reasons. It's on page, it's off page, a combination of the two, or its name is Yelp. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the four reasons that Google will like a site. So when when you look at those pages that are winning, Google likes something about them and you can look at the sites and you can do a little evaluation on them and see which sites are, are getting points for their on page. And then you can create a roadmap to rank for that particular keyword by emulating that. And there, there are places where you want parity within their signal usage and there are places where you want a, a, an edge. And that's the, 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 the research that you want to do. Um, once you take that and then put it into your page, that's when you can, you're giving yourself the best chance to rank. And it's the same thing then with off page signals as well. You know, you do the same type of evaluation. Those sites that are are winning and getting points for their off page, what are they doing? You emulate that. You get edges in certain certain areas. You will outrank them, and that's the secret. Then you can then rank for basically any keyword. Now, keywords might have some restrictions. If you're in the law niche, for example, uh, you know, Avo and Justia and Fine Law, they're 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 going to take over most of those SERPs. But there might be one or two spots that you can get that are actual law firms. So now you know you're playing for two spots, but you can get there because it's the same type of evaluation. So from the easiest keyword to the most difficult, if you do that type of evaluation and build that type of roadmap and then follow it, um, that gives you the best chance to page one for any term you like. Now, you know, you'd mentioned like fine law. I mean, I do a lot of clients that do law. And, you know, one thing I found a a way around those, it's fine. They're in multiple states, you know. Mm -hmm. a A lot of law firms are just in one state. So, you know. You can go for those same search terms with the state citations, local, obviously local citations, those things, and uh, you can outrank those people. That's absolutely right. They're, they're not doing on-page SEO to each one of those pages. 
you know, they've got a template that goes across 50 million pages and, and, and they're stuck with that. Right. And when they make those changes, they make them in, in, in mass. That's and obviously right. they're doing it just a, a very fine job. But you're right. If, if you go after and do really excellent on page and the, the links that you're driving, some of that are going to that particular page, mm-hmm. you do have a chance to beat them because uh, beating, beating them on a page by page level. Well, let's talk uh, – uh, one thing that it's, I'm very strongly uh, – and you maybe you can tell me I'm wrong or maybe you might, might disagree, but <laughs> – No problem. <laughs> ask me – no, I'm just kidding. Um, what, what I'd like to talk about is more in-depth as far as techni- the technical side of, of – of, let's say you've got a page, you've got well-written content – uh, about a specific niche that's real competitive. Now, let's say that, you know, you know. Let me give you an example. Like, let's sure. let's say we were just talking legal. Let's talk uh, personal injury attorneys. That's probably one of the most competitive in the law industry, as far as that goes. For sure. Um, and with the like you said, like you were talking about earlier, with competitive analysis. And looking at their content and all that stuff, it's super important. Keyword research, I still think, is top of the line, uh, top of the funnel. You know, needs to be done first, obviously, to make sure that because and, and I've found in the legal industry because I've also I also do paid stuff too. Is that's a great way to to mine your keywords too, to find out what's converting. But totally agree. Um, what what I was gonna say is, you need to be. You know, last year it was 10x content. Make sure your content is 10x. And, and I think Google raises that bar every single year uh, as far as not just the content itself, but, you know, site speeds. Um, schema now is really taking a front in, the, in a lot of content. Uh, and, and especially in the legal industry, I can talk uh, recently here. Is I, and I'm not just talking about throwing a plug in and, and forgetting it and putting schema, you know, just the basic article schema and stuff on there. Really diving deep and getting into geolocation, uh, city citation, that type of stuff goes a million miles. And because it's so technical, there's not a lot of people that know how to do it. Uh, and they, it's written to write it and do it real in depth, detailed. I have seen a 500% increase in traffic and about a 600% increase in conversions. Because the what, and I know it's not a direct correlation, but with schema, you're getting those rich, you know, rich answers. You're getting rich snippets and stuff in the, in the SERPs or the search engine results pages. And that makes more people click which you get more clicks, you get more ranking and that helps as well, you know. Yeah, I don't doubt any of that. I think that's all 100% on point. Uh, but we I, have we have no we have no disagreement there. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and then, you know, and and this was a site that was currently around and there was a lot of technical side of stuff that was issues. They had issues, site speed was terrible. Uh the the whole um mapping of the site user friendliness i mean you couldn't even use it on a mobile phone which <laughs> that went away that went a long ways 
in itself. Well, probably because <laughs> I would imagine 60 plus percent of their traffic was mobile. Yeah. So if you can't use it on a mobile phone, just by doing that, you're going to increase your traffic immediately. Right. The menus were like nested in like five levels and it was just terrible. You could not, I mean, you'd have to click, 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 click. Oh, there's the page. You know, <laughs> it was like, you know I, I often feel that 90% of negative SEO is self-inflicted. Yeah. No, I agree. You know? <laughs> and doing stuff like that is basically negative SEO on your site. So um, I think when it comes to technical things, most of those aren't going to help you rank better. Well, what they're going to do is they're going to stop you from not ranking. You know, it, right. it's kind of the, the analogy of, of, of growing a plant. You know, the technical SEO is plowing the field, mm-hmm. you know, and, and getting it all together and, and prepping it and, and stuff like that. And then just having a plowed field that's perfect isn't going to get anything to rank. Right. But the idea is that then you can you can grow a plant. You can get something to rank from that by planting the seed and then giving it sunshine and and water. Um, <laughs> you know, though, though that's your links and your on page. You know. Yeah. But the the technical SEO, if you, if you don't get it right, you can stop yourself from ranking in a hurry. Yeah. Well, I've also seen where you know you increase a site by two seconds, and it might mean six point or six levels. You know, to the first page. You know, of Google. Mm-hmm. Um. Those are kind of direct, but uh, for sure. Mm. Totally agree. Um, once you have that nailed, though, then that's when you want to make that determination on um, how many times do I need to get this keyword on the page? And not just the keyword itself, not the exact keyword, but the variations of that keyword. Those are often very close synonyms or partial parts of the phrase. Yeah. And used correctly, that's how you, you stop from stuffing your keyword in. So personal injury, Tampa... You don't have to say that right. 8,000 times on one page when you're using your variations. Um, but that's all a, a mathematical calculation that can be done, and that's what I do. Yeah. Um, when I'm doing my SEO for the agency, and, and that's the, the point behind the, the on-page tool as well, it is to, is to do it signal by signal. Something that a lot of people don't realize is that a page can be both over-optimized and under-optimized at the same time. Most SEOs look at a page and say, uh, this is over-optimized, and they start removing randomly from signal areas. Mm-hmm. And they might get some signals that were over into a good spot, but they got other signals that were just fine, and they're now under, or vice versa. They say, this is under as a page, and they just start throwing keywords in to places, and they might move some things up into a good zone, but they moved others into a, into a bad zone. That's because most if you're looking at a page as a whole, if you're doing SEO as, as one giant page, but SEO is, is individual signals. You know, Google looks at those individual signals and measures things within those signals. So that's what you have to optimize. So it's, it's getting your keyword placement in, in the right zones on the page, the right factors, the right signals, the right number of times. And that's going to be your exact keyword phrase just a handful of times, more often than not. And then you've got your variations in your contextual terms, and that's what goes into all those spots. So that's where the math comes in to, to get it right, yeah. you know, in, in, order to, in order to provide that page that Google is looking for. Right, and that and that's pretty the basics. I mean, you don't, you know, people shoot me down all the time because I tell them they, they they question me because I I tell them when I hire a content writer, if they tell me they're an SEO content writer, I don't hire them. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 yeah, there's that. That's never going to go well. Yeah, well, it's because I believe in good solid content. If you give them the keyword and the topic, and I believe that it naturally can flow into I, I, I don't and we probably disagree here but I don't agree that there has to be a certain penetration of, of keyword exact phrases 
I mean, there could be synonyms and, and broken up and, and that type of stuff, but I, I just I don't believe that anymore. Well, I, I can show it to you after the show, so that's no problem. But you're right, though. You have to use the, the what you're calling synonyms, variations. You, they must be used. They are a ranking factor. And so they, they have to get on the page. You can um, beat a page uh, that doesn't have the exact phrase with, with the variations a certain amount of times. You can, you can actually overcome that, but you're shooting yourself in the foot. Well, you know, when, when, when you look at the signal strength areas, the top places to put a keyword on a page are your URL, your meta title, your H1, and in, in the body content. If you're trying to rank for something, especially with personal injury, whatever, uh, why would you shoot yourself in the foot? Well, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying not to include it in there. Yeah. I'm saying it just just come across more natural, you know. Well, but I, I can address that as well. When you sat down in high school to write an essay or in college or, or wherever, and you, you know you could hear the teacher in the back of your mind saying you need to outline this, mm-hmm. and you decided not to outline and you just started writing, you wrote the worst essay of all time. It was garbage. But if you took the time to outline, you actually wrote something pretty good. And I think the majority of the web is just written the first way without an, a proper outline. Mm-hmm. If you go through, uh, and this varies again, keyword to keyword, niche to niche, if you go through and you grab the elements that are expected on a particular page yeah. for, for whatever keyword you're doing, and you outline by those elements, you know, let's say the average page, you know, it's a, it's a long form type page, and the, and the average page here has seven H2s. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not talking about optimization. They just exist on the page. They, on average, have two lists. On average, they have four images. Those things aren't necessarily ranking factors, but if you start to outline a page based on that, mm-hmm. you're going to write a significantly better page every time. And, and that's where you can get that intersection of good copy and SEO copy. I think SEO copy or, you know, is really just copy that wasn't properly outlined. And, and if you properly outline, and I think the right way to do that is by page element, you're going to write a page that Google is expecting to see. You're going to write a page that the visitors are expecting to see. That, this is not the first time they've done the search. They are looking for a particular type of page. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to give them that page. So you're going to give them a page that is more likely to convert simply by getting those structural elements in on your page. And then you can start to write your page based on that. And then once you've got the math involved, then it becomes super easy. Because you know, you're, you're almost covering it just by with a proper outline. And you go back through and check your math, and then you'll be good to go. Yeah. I guess the main point I'm kind of trying to come across is, you know how back, what I don't know how long you've been doing this, but 10 years ago, people used to write, you know, if they're trying to rank for kitty litter, they'd be like, kitty litter in the house with kitty litter on the outside of, you know, it's just kind of like ridiculous kind of content that just doesn't make any sense, you know? Uh, well, sure. I mean, that, that, that's not what I'm talking about doing at all. Right, right. You know, w- within the kitty litter example, um, you're going to want to see how many times you need to write that on a page, and it's going to be a certain number of times. And But not just the page itself, but within certain signals. Right. And you can see that. And then that's when then you've got your variations and your other terms you're going to be getting in where you don't then have to stuff it in that many times. And the longer the phrase is, the, the fewer amount of times you really need to get it on the page if it's a primary keyword. You know, when you've got a, something that's very long tail, that's only going to be in your title, in your meta title, your meta title in your H1. Right. It's not going to be, you know, best personal injury attorney for car accidents in Tampa. You know, you're not going to say that 12 times on a page. Right. It's a, even if that is, say, your target term, you want to go after that. That's only in your meta title in your H1. Correct. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it. you know, uh, you obviously want it in your titles and you want it in your subtitles if you can, if it makes sense. I just, you know, I've had like some bad experiences where I'm not a content writer. I don't write content and 
I do SEO and I do paid advertising. That's it. <laughs> you know, so I have yeah. writers uh-huh. that write. Um, you know, you don't want to hire a painter to do a plumbing job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I rely, you know, I've gone through hundreds of content writers in the last 17 years, um, literally. And there's, I've got a handful now that I use and I have a, you know, I have to tweak it a little bit, but the overall, I found that, you know, they're spot on for the most part. Well, if you've got a good writer, you as the SEO just needs to come in and do some tweaking. Right. I mean, do do the SEO part. Correct. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to take a break. Uh, we'll be right back right after this message. Are you currently an SEO agency or an agency that offers SEO services to your clients? Hey, this is Matt Weber, co-host of Search Talk Live and an agency owner myself. I've got some exciting news for you today. There's a platform called SEO Monitor that is built specifically to help digital agencies provide more effective SEO campaigns for your clients. Their offering understands the dynamics of running multiple SEO campaigns and also managing multiple clients with just one platform. One of the best features within the SEO Monitor platform is the Business Case Builder. This tool literally allows you to forecast the value of SEO services into well-known business KPIs that your customers will immediately understand. Add that to conversion data from analytics and AdWords, and you get powerful transparency for forecasting the impact you'll make on your client's business. SEO Monitor offers world-class support, so they're there when you need them. And they've got top-level service level agreements to make sure your agency is always able to deliver to your clients. If you want to find out more about the great tool at SEO Monitor, go to seomonitor.com slash STL. They've also got information about their Spark program, which is a $5,000 grant for SEO agencies or companies that are focused on SEO that have been in business for less than three years. So check it out. Visit searchmonitor.com slash STL today. That's searchmonitor.com slash STL. Today's episode of Search Talk Live is sponsored by... Directive is an industry-leading search marketing agency fully focused on helping B2B marketing teams increase their results. If you're looking to increase your marketing qualified leads and decrease your cost per acquisition for search engines, I'd highly recommend you take a look at their site. We've actually had their CEO, Garrett Marguth, on the show, and I can honestly say these guys are doing some great stuff. I hear that they even have their own analytics system that lets you correlate your SEO, PPC, or content efforts directly to revenue. If you're a B2B company and thinking about switching agencies, or if you're in-house and need help, I'd give Directive a look. Visit directiveconsulting.com or call 949-214-4024. Again, that's 949-214-4024. Again, that's Directive at directiveconsulting.com. Get your questions in on Twitter. Type hashtag Search Talk Live and your question. Now back to the show. All right, we're back, guys. Don't forget to go to t- Twitter if you have questions for our guest, Kyle, um, in uh, regards to SEO testing. But we're going to move on and uh, 
Kyle, let's talk a little more about testing and what kind of results you're seeing. Sure thing. Uh, one of the, as I mentioned before, usually I, I, I mine my ideas from things that I've, I've heard, you know, or, or that I've read. Um, uh, major outlets, they, they put out stuff all the time, uh, and that's stuff that's, that's often quite testable. Um, just, uh, just a little bit ago, actually, somebody came to me, and they had said that they were looking at their exact keyword usage. It was a two-word phrase, um, let's say red bicycle, and they were using a, a, a major tool to evaluate their page, and the tool was coming back with um, the amount of keywords, an exact keyword. It was significantly higher than they could see on the page. And they thought there might have been some hidden content and they couldn't find it there. And then they reached out to support. And support for this tool said that if your two words, red and bicycle, are within 150 characters of each other, we'll count that as, as they are, though, right next to each other. So red bicycle is counted the same way as red blah, 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 bicycle. And they count that as an exact keyword, and they claimed that it was because Google did the same. So that becomes an interesting test. It's like, wow, is that true? You know, can is actually is Google actually doing that? Um, so the concept there is that we have a, a page that's it's indexed for one fake keyword, and then we'll add a fake keyword to it. So now we have uh, on our test page, we'll have those two keywords next to each other, and then on the control pages. We'll spread them out. So in, in this case, they said 150 characters. We put them 100 characters out, which, by the way, is a long way. It puts it onto the next line in, in content. Um, so it's a, it's a fairly large. Dis I, I thought it was going to be like two words. I was like, what's 100 characters? I don't even know. Yeah, it, it, it's a it's a it's a stretch. Um, and of course, the when you search for that keyword together, the the page that has the keyword next to each other uh, instantly shot up to to the to the one spot and easily replicated. Run it in the inverse. Um, uh, and, and it works the same way. So what we can say from that is that um, it might be possible to, to beat uh, a two-word phrase with the, the word spread on a page. That's not what we're looking at, but you know, is, the, is that in your best interest? Should you be doing that? And it seems, um, but no, you, you shouldn't be doing that. If you have a two-word phrase, you want to make sure that they're sitting next to each other. And, and as we talked about uh, before the break, that you want to see how many times you should be using that. It sends a much stronger signal. Yeah, especially in no. your description, your meta description. Sure, I mean, you, and there there are terms that are easier to split than others. This must have been one of them, um, but by and large, you're going to have it next to each other a lot. Where you see phrases split up a bit, or when you've got like three or four word phrases, those are often easier to split up a bit because they might be like a geo modifier uh, involved, or a two word phrase plus a geo, that sort of a thing. So you can kind of see where maybe that would happen, but it still seems that that's not the the right approach. Yeah. to um to do that so th th that's kind of a a very that's that's often what we do um you know looking at other things like some of the most fun i had was uh really diving into the concept of can google read you know what do they read and so then you have to ask yourself is grammar a ranking factor what about readability under like the flesh kincaid reading score uh what about spelling errors what about bad words you know, are all those things ranking factors? Is Google reading them and is Google considering them? And I can tell you right now that uh, grammar is not a ranking factor. Spelling isn't a ranking factor. Uh, readability score, according to the Flesh Kincaid score, is not a ranking factor. Um, all of those things. Google uh, is so powerful and it's so amazing. And I don't want to take anything away from that. But people then want to put godlike abilities onto Google as to what it can do. And not even that, but human-like abilities. 
you know, that, that it can read the way the same way a human can read, and it simply cannot. No, 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 it's not taking any of those things into consideration. They're not ranking factors. And while you should write good content, you should engage with um, your audience, you should write copy that can convert, all those things are, are, are definite. But when it comes to talking about a ranking factor, that thing that will push your page higher in Google, uh, according to Google's algorithm, to rank, uh, none of those things matter at all. Wow. Okay. <laughs> no, but you're, you're not gonna. I, I would. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I, I'm not. Not to question you, but I'm just my my gut feeling, and because of, I I do testing as well. But there's, if that was the case, it would look like 2004 when you know you had all that crap that was ranking high. I mean, there's got to be some factors in there that that filter out most of the. The, the junk content, you know? Well, in addition to running these tests, all, all I can point to is the pages that I've ranked doing that, hmm. do, using lorem ipsum and then filling things in. Crassly copying and pasting into the lorem ipsum your exact keyword and all that. And as I mentioned in that competition, it was in SEO Signals Lab, which is a, a group in Facebook. And you can just search um, a search engine journal from November 15th or something like that. Yeah. And, and you can read the, the story about it. Uh, number one in Google, number one in Maps. And that wasn't the first time that I've done it. I've done it other times to show how to use math to rank. Um, uh, I've spoken on a couple other examples and um, demonstrating that exact thing that uh, you can get to page one by uh, satisfying the math of the algorithm. That's the whole point. It, it, it's looking for those things. It's looking for those terms uh, a certain number of times. And, it, and that's what varies keyword to keyword. So it's not just stuffing it in a thousand times. That's probably not going to work. I'm, I'm sure that's not going to work. Can that's you, not, what we're, no, it's not what we're talking about. Can you explain the math? Certainly. So just using your exact keyword phrase, whatever that might be, um, you want to grab those sites that Google has said these are the, they're doing their on-page right. And you can see that by what are the top ranking sites. So we're looking probably at the first two pages of Google. How many times are they putting their exact keyword in their H1? How many times are they putting in the body content? How many times do they have it in anchor text? How many times in the other H tags? How many times in their meta title? How many times in their meta description? You want to do that math. And then you want to emulate that. Most of the time, it, 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 it's, it's parity. You want to get within that zone. You're probably looking within a certain amount of standard deviations, uh, uh, depending on kind of your word count or, or how large this page is. And then from there, that, that's the math you want to do. And then you've got your variations of whatever that keyword might be. And you want to do the same evaluation. How many times are they using those variations in their H1, their H2, or their H3, anchor text, body, content, meta title, et cetera. And then that's what you want to do. And you can do that math. You can take out a spreadsheet and you can count it. You know, you, you could fast track that with other tools and there are probably tools that people are using that, that, that can do that for them. Right. Um, that's the whole point. If you do that math and, and you do that work, that's, that's what can get you to rank. That's what will get you to rank. But there's so many other factors. You know what I'm saying? Like there's page speed. There's, uh, there's, you know, how many? You know, are you counting? I mean, what is there? Other factors that you're looking at? Other, of than course. That? Okay. Well, of course there, of course okay. there are other factors. <laughs> I but, was like, you what's know, wrong? Wait a minute. <laughs> of course, but I mean, you know, like page speed as an example, I think that will keep you from ranking more so than get you to ranking. It's not. It's not a race to the fastest. You know, the fastest site doesn't win, but faster sites do rank better. Right. 
You know, so what that is, is that there's probably a threshold if you're this quick, whichever metric Google might be using for that. Um, and I would argue that it's probably TTFB, time to first bite. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a, not a positive factor, but it's a, it's a, a prohibiting factor. You know, if you're, if you're too slow, you're not going to show uh, or you might get held back from, from writing your results. And then, then that's what a lot of the technical stuff is or what those signals might be sure. on the technical side. And then, of course, there are links. Uh, uh, but as I mentioned, that's the same type of evaluation you want to do. How many uh, referring domains do your competitors have going into these pages? Right. How, how many backlinks do they have? What's their anchor text distribution? If you mirror that uh, and then look at places for obvious edges, you're going to do very, very well in your SEO. It, it takes all the mystery out of it. Correct. Right. No, I just, for the listeners, I wanted to make sure that we clarify every piece. You're not just saying, okay, oh, yeah. I count this and I do that and then we're done. Page one. Well, the, the thing is, it's not easy to count. The, 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 if it was that easy, then it would be easy. But it, it's not easy to do the math. Right. The math is difficult to do. You, you can do it by hand for sure. I wouldn't recommend doing that because it will take a long time. But that's actually what I was doing four or five years ago. Yeah. In our agency, we were doing it by hand. And then we realized that there's got to be a better way than this. Right. And uh, that's where we moved on from that. But. Yeah, so I skipped a segment right before the break. Usually we ask our influencers who influences them. So what we do is we ask you, who do you follow on social media? Who who are your who are your gurus of SEO that you you that influence you? That is a good question. Um, I listen. Um, uh, Ted Kubitis, who you may or may not know, is is one of the brightest individuals um, uh, I've ever met in SEO. Uh, shameless plug. He and I do a, a, a YouTube show once a week as well. But so, but he is a, a genuine influencer. Um, but there are a lot of people that I follow um, to hear what they have to say uh, online, mainly within SEO groups. So I'm uh, looking at. Um, I'm in SEO Signals Lab a lot. I'm in the Proper PVN group. I'm in um, Local Client Takeover and those kind of places and. Hearing what people, authority hackers are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in all those kind of groups, and, and the people that lead those groups are the ones that I'm listening to by and large. Can you give us some names? Or I hate to leave anybody out. Um, <laughs> Sorry, they won't hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hurt any feelings. Um, I'm really drawing blanks. Uh, I'll listen to what Matt Diggity has to say when he's talking about affiliate marketing. Um, if you want to figure out what's maybe going on in the deep dark woods of, of link building, I'll, I'll, I'll have a, a chat with Charles Float. Um, there's a guy named Clint Butler who destroys site speed and also knows what he's doing. He's the lead SEO for Over the Top. Um, as I mentioned, Ted, Ted and I talk every day. Clint and I talk every day. Um, and then I've got people within uh, the testing group that I that I run that uh, I'm always talking with about. Hey, what do you think of this? What's going on with that? You know, that's probably the better thing to do is is instead of following people, like get a group together of people that you trust, and then go figure it out. That's that's usually what I'm doing is is literally figuring SEO out. Because when you read stuff from Moz, not to throw them under the bus, or Ahrefs, or any of the big names, or any of the journals and all that, um, I find a lot of it just isn't accurate. It's well intentioned. And it, it might get around the point, but it's it's not what's going to get you to rank. You know, and then what's going to get you to rank is figuring out what is actually moving the needle. 
you know, and depending on somebody else to tell you SEO is not the way to do it. Yeah. I promise. Great. Now, let me ask you this. And it, do you, in your testing, what is the longest test you run? Because, I mean, some of these tests can give you false positives. Like, like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, you know, where a site will rank, you know, it might rank a week or two and then it will drop off the, the radar. Sure. So we're watching it for that couple of weeks. Well, you know, most of the time, especially if you're doing something on page, it's going to be uh, two to three cache dates and you're, and you're pretty confident. But that's why tests aren't run one time. Mm-hmm. So you see that false positive, but it's going to be very difficult to see that false positive four times in a row. Yeah. It, and it, it, statistically, it's, it's almost impossible. And then running things in the inverse then gives us complete confidence. You know, let's say we somehow did get four false positives in a row, which is statistically possible. If we run it in the inverse, you can't get it the other way. Yeah. I mean, it could be possible because the algorithm would be the same. So it would do this. It would technically have the same effect each time, wouldn't it? Well, if you've got something that's giving you the same effect each time, they call that a ranking factor. (laughs) That's true. Okay. <laughs> what, I, what I'm talking about is the false positive side. So, if you if you did the same thing four times, obviously with little variations, and you're getting no 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 variations, exactly the same each oh, time. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to. That's the that's the whole point. You want to run the exact same test four times, and then but then let's say in a simple example, is the H1 a ranking factor? So we have got five test pages. I'm putting an H1 on the number three spot, and it moves up four times. So we're feeling pretty good about life. Mm-hmm. We'll run it back the other way. So we'll put an H1 on one, two, four, and five, and three is going to be empty. Three should drop. Right. And then if you do that a few times and it does drop, then you know you've got that the H1 is a ranking factor. Gotcha. And of course, we are, we are within all things, we're talking about degrees of confidence. But you can feel pretty good about that if, hey, we ran it this many times, it went up. We ran it in the inverse this many times, it went down. Now uh, we feel pretty good about this. And then that's when you can start then applying that to your actual SEO. Excellent. Is there something we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about? Uh, you, would, um, you mentioned schema. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I love schema. <laughs> there's, there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. Um, the first thing that I would always do, though, is you can look at the SERPs and you can see in the SERPs what um, Google is or is not liking, you know, what is popping out for that particular keyword. And as you mentioned, schema is extremely difficult to do. What I have done is emulated the guys that are doing it right. Mm -hmm. So if you see a particular page in your SERP that has done things correctly, um, that's where you can go in and just grab their schema, put it into a Google doc and examine it and throw it into the Google uh, data structure testing tool and make sure that it's valid. And then you can start to build out your templates from there, but that's how you can really fast track um, your schema game. Because like, if you go to schema.org and you're like, I'm going to learn this on a Tuesday, you're like, no, you're not. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't do that. No, that, that's, ne- that's never going to happen. Like, it's the, it's, it's, and you're like, I'm going to read the, <laughs> I'm gonna read the help docs. Yeah. And you might as well, I don't know what. And it's, um, a, it's important to stick with JSON-LD, too, instead of you know something like a micro data, which I, I've seen, surprisingly. I still see that quite a bit. Yeah, we're trying to throw RDF on everything. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that like item scope, item property. Um, 
yeah, no, JSON is super easy because you can copy and uh, copy and paste the script. And even if you're using WordPress, most templates you can copy and paste uh, into the into the text editor at the top. But you look at what your competitors are doing, you know, and if they're getting the stars to pop out, you know, and they're getting the the price to pop out and they're getting the reviews to pop out or they're getting the author to pop out or in stock to pop out. It's not a mystery. You know, they've, they've done it in their schema and, they're, and they've done their schema correctly. Surprisingly, this is the one area where Google isn't the worst. Um, Google has a whole develop developer docs on schema and they show you the requirements. Um, you know, these things are required. These are maybes. I found that if you don't, ha if you're missing a requirement, it, it, it will stop all schema from popping out within your rich snippets. Yeah. So you might have like the stars correct, or you might have the price correct, but if you're missing one of those required elements, nothing's going to show. Yeah. So you, you can go to the Google Docs and get that, but you know, you can just go and grab the competitors. If they've got the things popping out that you want, they've done it right. They're the ones to go grab. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty straightforward on that. I had a site uh, actually today that. Uh was a WordPress site, and they had jumped. They went uh, probably four years ago, three years ago maybe. They went to HTTPS, and everything was HTTPS, but uh, their style sheet. <laughs> yeah. So Google's like, oh, we're not going to show your stuff. Exactly. Just because the style sheet was not secured. So little things like that, you'd be surprised. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's that the technical stuff will keep you from ranking in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like the when you move the new site over and the developer decides to keep no index on the pages. That's helpful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, and, and how much do you uh, – this is probably a given. Um, how important would you say using Search Console is? I use it all the time. It's, yeah. it's um, <laughs> I, I use it all the time. Something that's really fun – to look at that maybe people aren't looking at is the number of queries your pages are ranking for. Yeah, yeah. So when you've, when you've done your on-page and, and you've got a successful campaign going on, benchmark the number of queries when you started that that page is ranked for and then look at uh, the number of queries you know, after the campaign is taking off. You should see that number go up. You know, and, uh, something that we haven't talked about is that basically one page is one keyword, one primary keyword. Yeah. If you properly optimize for that primary keyword, you will win its secondaries. And if you've got some optimization for some of those secondaries on the page, you'll win their secondaries. That's how a page ends up ranking for 50, 100 to 1,000 plus keywords. Yeah. Is by, but you have to properly optimize for that top level phrase, that top, that primary keyword. Um, but what's fun is that when you've done that, you've done that proper optimization, and then you can see the results. You can see the normal stuff, you know, the, the impressions going up, the clicks going up. Something you might notice is that your page average rank for that page is staying the same or it's dropping. And the reason that that is happening is because you're actually acquiring more keywords. Mm -hmm. So in the aggregate, the, the position rank isn't moving up because you're acquiring so many more keywords, but you can see that your clicks and impressions are going up. It can be a confusing thing, but it's actually a sign of a very healthy page. Yeah. All right. Well, it's that time, man. We've already gone through the entire show. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being on the show. And if uh, someone wants to contact you, how can they do that? Uh, hit me up through Page Optimizer Pro. Um, if we have live support on there every day, and if I'm not personally on it, which I often am, I'm nearby. Okay. They can always hit me that, and they can hit me through support email on that, and I'm happy to help people out with their SEO. And uh, are you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, KyleBot1997. Yep. I was going for the most uh, prosaic name possible, and then 
uh, I didn't. I wasn't planning on keeping that Twitter account, and now, now it's mine. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. A lot of good stuff. I hope everybody got some uh, bit of nuggets from from it. And uh, thank you for being on. Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Search Talk Live. We'll be back next week. See ya. Search Talk Live is sponsored by the Robert Palmer family of companies. If you have questions for Search Talk Live or you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor of the show, email Robert at searchtalklive.com. That's searchtalklive.com.